Hello and welcome to Looking Up. This is a podcast for Christian women. My name is Carla Moore and I'm one of your hosts and with me is Kathy Pollard and she is the other host. We're just glad that you joined us today and we're hoping that we can uh, add some light and life and joy to your day and talking about things that uh, make us look toward God and look at spiritual things rather than keeping our focus on the things down here that just don't matter as much. And we that's our goal for every week that we get together and talk about things. And we like to just chit chat and talk about what we've been doing the past week or so. And we just enjoy these <laughs> podcasts and Ollie likes them too. Right, Ollie? Ollie, hush. Is somebody at your door? Somebody's at the door. Oh, yeah. well, I hope it's a fun Amazon package and not, so not the boogeyman. <laughs> or not your mom early, huh? I know she's coming over later. She is, yeah. Well, so I what's going on over there in Bowling Green besides um, Ollie barking his head off? Ollie, I'm so sorry. It's really um, It is. No eggs. I, I was going to say, if you're just joining us, let us remind you that yeah. this is unscripted and unedited. So uh, going good. I'm excited about today's topic. And um, mm-hmm. I was a little bit trepidatious when you brought it up a couple of days ago. And your question was, so how much time between now and recording <laughs> do you have to think of mm-hmm. the topics? So yeah. I thought, oh, this is about to be a doozy. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be very interesting conversation and I'm looking forward to it yeah me too and we'll let y'all in on what we're going to talk about here in a minute Mm -hmm. so did you do anything interesting this weekend yes um our first grandson Rich had his one-year birthday so he's already um, a year old I cannot either so we went to his birthday party and you know, we did all the things, got the cute video of his <laughs> sticking his finger all the way down into the middle of his little mm-hmm. cake. And um, he, Emily provided chili for everybody, which he immediately got on his outfit and the little shirt. She, he had a little blue button up shirt with airplanes on it. That was one that our boys wore when Aww. they were little. Uh, so that was very sweet. But anyway, he got chili all over it. So the bulk of him and this birthday party was just him and his diaper. <laughs> <laughs> is that the picture is. you sent me uh no oh. no that was a different one not, but not the saggy bridges no that was the day before okay but um he he had so much fun there were balloons everywhere and he he can clap now so mm-hmm. you know everybody would clap and he'd kind of look around and start clapping and it was just the cutest thing so that was really special and then that was sunday afternoon and then Monday, um, we got to babysit him for a few hours. So he was kind of hanging out with me in the kitchen and I needed to work on dinner. And I just, I have a bottom drawer that's filled with all of my plastic cups or travel mugs or, you know, cups with lids and straws and things like that. I just opened that drawer and I'm telling you, he (laughs) occupied himself for like 30 minutes Mm -hmm. with that drawer. He just pulled out every cup (laughs) and showed it to me and, set it down and grabbed another one, you know, you and didn't then, even know you had a toy drawer, but you do. I, yeah. And then Dale and Janelle ended up coming by also with Jude. So we got to see both of them, but I was going to show you. So I'm not the thrifter you are, but I have some fun things because of Dale and Janelle. They had a member at Tompkinsville. I think, I think this is who it was that was selling off some of her things. And so um, Janelle picked out a few items that she thought I would like and brought them over. And so first of all, I'm going to show you, look at these boots. Wow. Nice. Cute. Is that like shearling inside? Uh-huh. 
Yeah, and it's got like this little leather stamp there. Um, oh. I love everything about these booties. I love nice. the color. Um, they fit me just right. And then she brought me this suede jacket. Oh. So the inside. Wait, let me see the brand. Oh. That, Kathy, that is worth big bucks. Oh, yeah. Double yeah. D Ranch. That's from <laughs> Yoakum, Texas. That's where Aaron was born and raised in Yoakum, Texas. But Double hey. D is a is a huge brand. They well, usually have really neat buttons and things. Yeah. Yeah. See that? That's turquoise buttons. Mm -hmm. And then the inside is lined with this kind of blue plaid. Yeah. And then the sleeves are cuffed with that same mm -hmm. blue plaid. And it's a short-waisted jacket, which I like. Okay. So, so when you get tired of it, you can sell it. <laughs> so she brought this and a few other items and it was just very sweet. But I thought, well, look at that. I have fun things to show. Yeah. <laughs> but. Have you been thrifting? You probably have something local. Well, I did. It's not anything exciting, but I found some Fiesta and oh. only just a couple of little, but I love these two Ooh, colors together. Yeah. Those are pretty. Bowls, yeah. And Very I, nice. I look for that wherever I go. Cause mm -hmm. I just, I think that the colors are fun and, and it goes, you know, you can set a table with all different colors and stuff, mm -hmm. but I didn't, that's all I found. I did find some clothes and things for our trips coming up, but I didn't really want to bring those in here and show. Show my travel pants. Me... Look at my travel pants. <laughs> no. Yes, so always it. makes me think of Barbara Ellerby. Um, when I had my my homestead pantry blog, I did mm -hmm. a recipe for Easy's mac and cheese. Yeah, I remember that. And she was the one that taught me that recipe. But they had us into their home all the time, and she had that kind of butter yellow colored Fiesta wear. It was like that soft yellow. Mm -hmm. the whole set and every time we went over to the house she was serving dinner on this whole set of fiesta wear and she ended up giving me that set oh yeah I think so, that's a retired color that real soft yeah color. I never yeah I never see that color but mm -hmm. um so I always think of her when I see any kind of fiesta wear really but. yeah yeah my friend Alice collects it too and she she does yellow too but I think hers is the brighter yellow but mm -hmm. she's she'll set a table with all the different colors I bet that's pretty and it's just cheerful and happy so mm -hmm. and they usually when I see it at Goodwill they know it's you know uh, it's not like a 99 cent bowl I think these were 3.99 but I I'm, to me it's worth it Ooh, so. 3.99 yeah <laughs> high dollar big bucks <laughs> yeah yeah big spender mm -hmm. what have you been doing well, we went to Texas this weekend. Uh, we mm -hmm. went late Thursday night after we recorded on Thursday and uh, we got there after the kids had gone to bed. So we didn't get to see them, but they, Emmy and Clara jumped on the bed in the morning, the next morning woke us up. And then John and I got to go to their, to Jackson and Emmy's school. They go to Katie elementary and it's such a sweet school. There's several members of the church there who are teachers and administrators. And we saw several of them that day. And I mean, they, they say the pledge and the Texas pledge and God bless America. I mean, there's just, it's, oh, wow. it's such a sweet little school. And this is Houston, mm -hmm. Texas. It's outside of mm -hmm. Houston and Katy, mm -hmm. but um, you know, there are some really good places still out there. And Erin is super involved. She's in the PTO and she's, she's there all the time. So it's just a neat uh, environment, but we got to go be mystery readers for Emmy's class. So I think what they do is they, Erin sends clues to the teacher and so every week, I don't maybe more than once a week, someone comes to the class and, and reads a book, but the kids don't know who it is, who's what a coming. Fun idea. That's yeah. Neat. And so they get clues and they get to try to guess. So we, um, John and I walked up to the door and it's a glass front door and we could see inside and here's these, you know, 
15 little kindergartners sitting on their dots facing away from us and and the teachers talking to them. And I can tell she's, she's saying the mystery reader's almost here. And so they all turn toward the door and Emmy's face when she saw us just lit up John. I didn't see this. John said she had tears in her eyes and she just came running and jumped all over us. And that made the whole trip worthwhile. It was just so sweet. And then we got to eat lunch with them in the lunchroom. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was, it was a sweet time. It was Clara's Claire's birthday is this, this week coming up, but we celebrated it this past weekend and Aaron and I did that ladies day together in Victoria. And that was Mm -hmm. fun to do with her too. Mm -hmm. Got to see lots of friends. And I was going to mention there, uh, a friend was there, Charlene Hooten. She's the secretary for the church in Corpus Christi, Weber road congregation. She handed me this bag, this bag, Mm -hmm. and it was full of like cards, just boxes of cards. And they have just, they're real pretty cards, but she put a card in there herself and said, I really enjoy the podcast you and Kathy have. Um, these cards were my mom's and her mom just died about a couple months ago. I want to say these cards were my mom's and she encouraged so many people. I remember you saying, you wish you had a bag with cards ready to write wish granted. Oh, wow. I know it was, was so sweet. sweet. So Aww. I have a bag full of cards That's that I great. can just dash off a thank you note when I want to do that. So that was very sweet. It was hmm. good to see her and lots of others that day. Well, if Erin yeah. is listening, I want her to know that I had asked you about the ladies day right after it happened. And you said that it went well and that she did especially great job with mm-hmm. her lesson. So yeah. <clears throat> you were bragging about her already. Yeah. yeah, she did such a good job and just mm-hmm. very practical. And, and it was just fun, fun to sit at her feet and okay. listen to her. Sounds like a yeah. special weekend. It was. Yeah. We got home at one 30 in the morning uh, or less, Monday morning. Less special. So. <laughs> but Not it was so worth special. It. Yeah. No, it was worth it. So good weekend. And okay. back to, back to school this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Neil had yeah. his quick trip to Texas also. So. Yeah. Although was he was able to, Texas, though. Uh-huh, and he was able to get on an earlier flight. So oh. he was, a, he showed up at Lehman Avenue for worship and he wasn't What time were you to, expecting him well, originally he probably would have been home at about 1030. Okay. By the time he landed and drove in from Nashville. So mm-hmm. he was able to hop on an early flight. So that was really nice. Nice surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, have you been looking through seat catalogs and things? Are you starting on that or is it still too early? I was literally just doing that this morning. <laughs> it's almost time. Uh, I know. And I'm trying to be more realistic this year. I see all the new things and I'm like, oh, we have to order this. We have to try this. We have to do this. And I'm, I'm trying to look at things and go, really though? Will we eat that? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I love, mm-hmm. I love those little French radishes because I think they're adorable and they're the very first thing that'll pop up. I mean, they, mm-hmm. it feels so like gratifying. as soon as you sow them, they're already sprouting and, and they're just beautiful, you know? And, um, but Neil doesn't even like radishes. And these are really mild for radishes anyway, you know, and he just doesn't really care for them. And so it's just me mm-hmm. <laughs> and one can only eat so many radishes and there's really not a good way to, pr- I mean, you can pickle them, but I don't know that I've ever purposely that, you know, eaten one. Aren't they? I mean, they're in salads a lot of times, but they don't have much of a flavor, do they? They're kind of peppery, crisp and peppery. Mm-hmm. So, um, I love them. I love them in salads. I love them just on like a whole grain piece of crusty bread to spread it with a little butter and some thinly sliced radishes or something like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, so I'm looking at it going, oh, oh, that's a really pretty variety. 
So it's about the, the beauty of them rather than the eating of them. Yeah. Huh? And just the excitement of them that, you know, having a harvest already and it could still be slightly cool outside even, you know, but so, but yes, yes, I have been looking at seeds and Oh, getting the bug and ready to get out there and get to work it finally stopped raining we just had days and days of rain yeah. and you know portions of our property hold water mm -hmm. um so that has finally it finally stopped raining those places have finally dried up a little bit but we still don't have sunshine you know yeah. we had a little bit yesterday but it's today is January 31st. So is, tomorrow so. is, is a groundhog day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to strangle that groundhog. <laughs> this is the time you of know, year where you're like, sure. It is staying lighter longer though. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost five 30 before now, before it starts to, you still know, get so more depressing in. to me. Five thirty. It is. That's so early, but you know, it's it's better than improvement 4:30. over four thirty for sure. Yeah. So I like that's... the nine o'clock when you can still see oh, the yes. sun on the horizon. Oh yes. Uh, yes. We shall be content yeah. in whatever state of time we are Season in. Right? We are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried something last night. Um, I thought about you and I tried it. I just came across the recipe on, I don't know, Facebook or somewhere, but it's they make it look so good. It was chickpeas or what do you, what's the other word for chickpeas? Garbanzo what, beans. Garbanzo beans. So you buy a can of garbanzo beans and you drain them, rinse them, and then you just let them sit on a towel for like an hour, kind of dry out mm -hmm. and then put them in your air fryer for 18 ish minutes, something like that. And then you shake them, put them back in for another few minutes. And then as soon as you pull them out, you spray them with Pam or something, you know, some kind of spray and then sprinkle them with some kind of seasoning. So it's like a zero point snack. And in my mind, I'm thinking they're going to be like Bucky's beaver nuggets or something good like that, you know, because they're like, <laughs> they, that's what the picture looks like. And I put chili lime because I like that flavor. Mm -hmm. And what they really tasted like was burned chickpeas with a little chili lime seasoning. Oh, on no. was, John liked them, but he, he likes crunch and mm -hmm. they might be good on a salad. You know, if you wanted to add something to a salad with crunch, then, and I, and I'll try it again. Cause I may have done it wrong. I don't know. It just, it mm. looked like it would be better than it was. And I burned some of them, but I think if you don't, if you don't, um, you know, put them in an even layer, some of them will fall around the sides and burn. It's just another one of those things yeah. that looked better than it really was. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I've seen lots of recipes for roasted chickpeas that, you know, turn into this really supposed to be delicious, crunchy snack. And I've always wanted to try that. And then I think, but when I have those, I want to save them for hummus or soup mm -hmm. or, <laughs> so I haven't been willing yeah. to use it for that and try it. So I'm kind of glad to hear that it didn't turn out because. <laughs> Incidentally, you, this is the truth, have the best hummus I've ever had. You make yeah. the best hummus. Thank you. But you put lemon in it. What else do you put in it? Not well, all hummuses have lemon. Raw garlic, tahini, olive oil, mm, smoked, salt. I'm sure smoked paprika. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, salt. Mm -hmm. I think that might be if you're willing to share. That might be something you need to share next week in the group because sure. it's good stuff. Thanks. Thanks. And why? I don't I'm know just... that I've ever been told I make the best anything. Oh. Yeah, Thanks. I got all kinds of best things. In fact, in my oven right this very minute is that recipe that you shared a couple of weeks ago with the 
brown hamburger chunks. That stuff's good. It is. It is. Yeah, it's so easy. It's so good. good. Mm-hmm. And it we've made it twice really already good. too. Yeah. Yeah. So good deal. It's a man. It's a man pleaser. So ladies, if you want to please your man or get a man, <laughs> here's chunks the recipe. Of hamburger. That's how to do chunks it. Chunks of meat in a skillet. That's right. Yeah. Did you do it in a skillet? I use my big iron skillet and, mm-hmm. and then I cover it with my Dutch oven lid because there's only two of us. The recipe calls for two pounds of mm-hmm. ground beef that you break off in big chunks. I just do one pound. Yeah. I and I tuck to. around like baby new potatoes or whatever I've got mm-hmm. on hand. And so yeah. I just do it in my iron skillet and cover it with the lid for my Dutch oven. Yeah. I, and bake you, it, I did the Dutch so. oven, but I have a small Dutch oven, mm-hmm. but I put the, instead of what the recipe called for rosemary, I put some herbs de Provence. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? That sounded good to me. Okay. That's what I put in there. I'll <laughs> let you know how it goes. Yeah. That sounds great. Okay. All right. We probably need to move along to our topic. Probably. Since we're pressed for time and since we each have about 10 points. And I bet we have a lot to say about this topic. (laughs) Well, we did a, Kathy and I did this last night, this morning. Our topic, let me just tell you what our topic's going to be. Several months ago, we did one that was Kathy's idea. It was called Three Things Men Want. And it's, it was kind of about um, some different things that men appreciated in women, not necessarily husbands, although I think it really, you know, that's our interest. So Mm -hmm. I thought we would turn that around a little bit and talk about what wives wish their husbands knew. And so Mm -hmm. we had a little bit of discussion between ourselves about, do we want this to be what men, what women wish men knew or what wives wish husbands knew? And you made the point that, you know, I think that any, and even an unmarried woman might be interested in this if someone is wanting to get married. And if they don't, then they probably don't care anyway. So mm-hmm. we thought we'd stick with what wives wish their husbands knew and um, knew about women and knew about them. And, you know, so generally and specifically too. And I thought when I was going over what I wanted to say, I just think we are so different. So not you and I, you and I are very similar, but women can be so different. Relationships are so different. So the things that you and I share today may not make any sense, may not be um, applicable to everyone out there that's listening, but I think it's something that we should talk about and it can be used maybe as a springboard for discussion in your own marriage. Like if, if you were thought, you know, I really think that what Carla said was not very smart. So, you know, if you're talking to your husband and then you can talk about it with him and say, this is how I feel. And I feel like that's helpful in a, you know, when you go to a marriage retreat or something like that, when things come up that you don't necessarily always talk about on a daily basis. And so it's just a kind of a conversation starter. So Mm -hmm. I thought we would just kind of talk about that and, and have some, some uh, questions and discussion about that. But before we get into that, Kathy and I both did this little fun kind of survey with John and Neil. I did it with John. She did it with Neil. And we asked them some questions and we wrote down exactly what they said in response to those questions. So the first one was, I asked John, this was last night. I asked him, what's my favorite color? And it was funny. We're sitting here at the table, pretty much where I'm sitting right now. And he's like looking around the room, like is maybe my favorite color somewhere on the walls. So he's looking around the room and he goes, um, oh, no. and I'll read just what he said. He said, um, the Vera Bradley stuff, you know, that stuff that has that pattern 
Um, I don't know. Do you have just one favorite color? (laughs) And I thought, well, you know, I'm not crazy about Vera Bradley. I like it. Okay. But what he meant was the pattern on it, but I thought he he kind of does know me because I don't really have one favorite color. I maybe have mm-hmm. one color that I wear more often, but so that was one. Did did Neil answer that one? Is that one you want to share? Yeah, he said green without even hesitating. And yeah. green's been my favorite color forever. So yeah, that was an so easy one for him. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one I asked John was, what's my current dream car? And he said, a Toyota Tundra. <laughs> he laughed because that's what we have. And that's pretty much his dream car. So... <laughs> His point was, my dream car is your dream car. But then he said, well, I know that when we went to go look for cars, you were kind of interested in that RAV4. You thought that would be fun to drive. But you don't talk about dream cars, not once that I remember. So there again, like, yep, he knows me, his cars. I have preferences, I guess, but mm-hmm. I don't have a dream car. Did Did you mm-hmm. ask Neil that? I did. He said, you're driving it. <laughs> he was <You> right. Are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he made that happen too. He did. Major yeah. props to him. So far, it's been easy for him. <laughs> yeah. So this was a slam dunk. Yeah. The next one was what makes me sad. And so he kind of sat there with his head like down, down, and he was thinking. And he said, what makes you sad is when we, when I, when we haven't had some quality time together and you feel like we're just business partners, which is like Ooh, nailed it. He got that good one. Good one. Good yeah. one. And I've yeah. said that to him many times. And then he said, and when you're not around your grandchildren. So he got me on that one. Mm-hmm. That, could been, that could have been an answer that Neil could have given for me. But he said, when family members are hurting. Yeah. Which is yeah. very true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he answer how tall you are? Yeah. He even got the half. <laughs> Five, four and a half. And I was nice. like, thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> not that everybody gives me that half inch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. John told me I was five, four and I'm not, I'm five, two, but you know, <laughs> close enough. See, you're taller in his eyes. I guess so. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> the next one is what do I do when you're not around? And he said, yeah, well, uh, you always read, Hmm, but you read when I'm around, you work on projects for making things for people or things that you like, but we're always together. So I don't know that you do too much different, but in dripping Springs, you like to go hack cedar limbs or sit on the deck in your swing. So he got that one right. Hacks in your limbs. Which is true. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, this made Neil laugh. When I asked that question, he just laughed. Yeah. And I don't know why. But then he said, sleep in as long as you can. <laughs> well, <laughs> which me. makes me sound like a sluggard, but really what happens is if I have an opportunity to not set the alarm, that's what I like to do. I like to wake up naturally, but I still yeah. don't sleep in. I still wake up early, but, but now we always have to set the alarm because peaches, but anyway, he I said sleeping sleep- in for you is about six forty-five AM. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, sleep in as long as you can. You, well, it's changed. You used to eat Totina's pizza. <laughs> But you don't do that now. You are always on your feet and active and do things around the house. Oh, you dance to 80s music. Although you do that when I'm around as well. <laughs> <laughs> Totino's pizza. That's very specific. Those are which those I, little 99 the cheap, cent yes, cheap ones. Which I also haven't done in like a decade. But uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be my like guilty pleasure when he would leave town. Mm-hmm. Because he could care less about those things. It would be that and powdered donuts. Yeah. And he would leave town and I'd go to the store and get those cheap <laughs> Tatiana pizzas and powdered donuts. 
<laughs> well, those Totino's pizzas, I mean, I could get like 10 of them for 10 bucks and that would fill up the boys for a little while anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to see how they picture us spending yeah, our time <laughs> they're not around um i'm gonna skip down to a few where can i most likely be found he said goodwill ha 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 with me of course he meant not at goodwill with him because he doesn't do goodwill but he said so his answer to that was with him of course yeah neil Did said find that one neil said here at home <laughs> mm-hmm. that's <laughs> where you are yeah. um what is my favorite restaurant? He said, uh, the uh, Chewy's you like, but it's not your favorite, which is true. You definitely like Jade Cafe, which, you know, it's right down the street. I like it. Okay. But then he said, pizza is your favorite food without a doubt. And I thought, is it? And I guess it is. Okay. I mean, it's if my I, favorite food too. yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Same person. Did it, didn't he'll answer that? He kind of floundered on this one. Okay. He said, well, for a long time, it was Cece's pizza. So what? that goes way, way, way back. And when you were five, well, it was a cheap place to take the kids, mm -hmm. you know, and, and eat them. But anyway, he said, but I suppose it depends on what style of food, steak, longhorns for a long time. It was red lobster, but you've been disappointed by them of late. <laughs> if we lived in Florida, any number of seafood restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a foodie, so he knows that you could have lots of different answers on that uh, one. Yeah. Um, the next one, where is one place I don't like to be? He did not hesitate. He said in front of a crowd. And that is for sure. That's a good one. Neil yeah. didn't hesitate at all. He said cold land. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then the next one is who's my favorite person. And he just grinned at me because <laughs> he knows he's my favorite person. Neil said me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then uh, where would I go for a weekend alone? And he was like, uh, totally alone or with your girlfriends? Maybe to Estes Park or just Goodwill. I'm like, man, I'm just so predictable with the stinking Goodwill. Maybe I need to think, change up my routine a little bit. Neil said, hmm, well, I don't think that's really your style because I think you'd rather be with me, but somewhere warm and tropical. Mm -hmm. Well, got, that. <laughs> got those, both of those things right. Okay. You get a call that I'm in trouble. Who am I with? What do you think he said? Uh, did he say me? He said Kathy Pollard. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Neil said my sister. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I thought he was going to say you, but he said Christy. Yeah. If I went to, well, that just goes to show that he thinks Christy is, is going to get you in trouble more than I will. So what do you say, Christy? He was listening to us, watching us on the big screen the other day, by the way. Oh, on the big screen? Yeah, yesterday. She told me, oh. she said, this is my first time watching you on the big screen. I was like, oh. Makes me want to. <laughs> no. There's nothing on my face. Trim the nose hairs. Okay. Um, if I went to jail, what would it be for? He said, killing someone that hurt your grandchildren. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Don't went, mess with my babies. Yeah. Killing someone. Ooh. Neil said, your 80s dance moves. <laughs> I smacked him. <laughs> we might need to see your 80s dance moves. I'm not even uh, sure what those are. <laughs> thriller. Can you do the thriller dance? No. Okay. What's my favorite candy? This was funny to me because in my stocking, he always puts red hots or hot mm -hmm. tamales. And I like those, but I don't know where he got the idea that they're my favorite candy, but he always puts them in there. So I thought, oh, here's my chance to tell them, tell him these are not my favorite candy. So he said, 
Well, you've always liked those red tamale things, but you don't eat them as much anymore. You like chocolate, but not just any chocolate. I don't know. So he was right. Not just any chocolate has to be what good is chocolate. Your, what is your favorite candy? I told I like chocolate covered gummy bears. Have you ever had those? Mm-mm. I know mm-hmm. they sound kind of funny. They sound disgusting. Well, you're just wrong. Sorry. But they're <laughs> delicious, but they're hard to find. You can't find them just okay. anywhere. But if I'm going to go get some, some like, <laughs> well, you like mushrooms. For future yeah. reference. You don't like mushrooms? No, I don't. They're so good for you. Well, that's the thing between me and you is you like <laughs> things that are good for you. And I like <laughs> chocolate gummy bears. <laughs> they are good. So if I'm going to go get something somewhere that, that I don't get all the time, it's, and I don't, I mean, I get them maybe once or twice a year, chocolate gummy bears. Okay. Did Neil know the answer to that one? Uh, he said that's changed through the years too. Necco wafers is a timeless choice. That's more of a sentimental thing. My parents used to call them car sick pills because they'd give us if we give them to us if we were reading in the backseat of the car. And, but anyway, um, he said, are we talking chocolate? It used to be Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes Again. to show that candy's not a big part of your life. Right. Uh, you see those a long time ago. Probably just because that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> what was it? Kit Kat. Kit Kat. Oh, okay. But uh, he looked at me and he goes, is that right? And I went, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it's, your favorite um, candy? Heath. Yeah. Heath. I love toffee. So mm-hmm. that's, he goes, I told him and I went, oh yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a Heath trifle? Uh, yes. Mm. That's good. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you bought me, and we're wasting a lot of time, but it's fun. If you bought me one present that made me uncontrollably excited, what would it be? And he said, well, you just don't get uncontrollably excited. Wait, are you writing that down? (laughs) And then he answered a river cruise in Europe. So, yep, that would do it. That would would get pretty excited about that one. Yeah. Neil didn't even blink. He said, a cow. (laughs) Well, he already gave you that. Yes. And he was right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, I just thought that would be fun to do because it kind of goes to, it speaks to the whole knowing. That's one Mm -hmm. of the things that I think both of us would say is really high up on the list of what wives wish their husbands knew is, is just to know things that we like and don't like, and, and just to know us. That's a huge one to me is, is knowing that he just, he knows me. He knows what makes me tick. He knows things about me that nobody else does. And Mm -hmm. I think that just speaks to intimacy. So it does. Um, and I think it's one of those things that's very enticing, you know, very mm-hmm. attractive. If somebody says or does things that show they really know you or they've been paying attention. And that's the key, paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And along those lines, um, <clears throat> I ran across, I hate to quote this dude. <laughs> this dude. Sigmund Freud. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, Wild hair man. Yes. But he said, Despite my 30 years of research into the feminine soul, I have not yet been able to answer the great question. What does a woman want? (laughs) You know, some people who are super, super intelligent don't have a whole lot of common sense. So that's probably his problem. But according to the Holy Spirit, (laughs) go ahead and tell your joke and then I'll do a Bible verse. Well, not even a joke. (laughs) Thanks. Not even a joke, but just the, what the saying has always been, you know, that men, that women are impossible to understand and, Mm -hmm. and what that, that is a joke that 
has a, shows a great big book that says yeah. what men know about women and there's nothing written on the pages on each and every page. Yeah. I think we're that difficult. Do you think we're that no, difficult? No, not at all. I mean, I wouldn't want to live with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair. Well, sometimes I don't even understand myself. Exactly. I think after 37 years of marriage, he has figured out that I don't know everything about myself. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it just takes some patience and I'll I'll work it out and figure it out. Mm -hmm. But so what we thought we would do is, um, is talk about, you know, each of us would give some of the things that we, we find important that, that we wish that our husbands knew. And I, you know, you and I didn't talk about this beforehand, but I know you'll agree with me. We did talk a little bit about this. We don't want this to be like any kind of pulpit to say to our husbands, I wish you knew this about us, because I think that everything I wrote down, John knows it's not Mm -hmm. something that I'm holding back from him. It's, Mm -hmm. and I know the same for you. You've talked to Neil about these things. This is not, um, we're not saying anything that they don't know that we've not talked about. Maybe they don't completely understand everything, but Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't either. So, um, and I think, too, that um, this is something that I've really noticed in my, in our relationship, John, John's and mine, is that, you know, that book, I think uh, Ed Emmerich is the one that wrote Love and Respect, Eggerson mm-hmm. Emmerich, something like that. And, and of course, the Bible speaks to that and says that, that husbands are to love their wives and the wives are see, to see that they reverence their husbands. So it's biblical that women, God says that women need love from their husbands and that men need respect from their wives. But speaking about John and me in particular, sometimes we find that situation re- reversed. And and it seems like sometimes John is one that needs more reassurance of my love. And I am the one that needs more reassurance of his respect. Mm-hmm. Not saying that, you know, obviously I'm not saying that the Bible's wrong about that. I just know that that it's important for both for that to be a reciprocal thing, mm-hmm. because I don't think anyone can live without love or respect but it just seems like the teeter-totter tends to lean more towards the husband needing that respect and the wife needing that love. Um, So I went and looked at some different lists just to see what I could come up with. And these are the things that, that you find kind of on the internet that people have suggested what wives wish their husbands knew that they wish that their husbands would love and compliment them privately and not just publicly, which I thought was interesting because I think a lot of times you you might tend to get it more privately than publicly, but, but I see that I can see that John sometimes will say things to other people that are, he's praising me, but it's embarrassing to me. And I'd rather he just tell me that in, in private mm-hmm. and he thinks he's doing a good thing, but I'd really rather have that in private. So I could see that. Or maybe some husbands put on that good husband face in front of other people. True. Mm-hmm. And then in the home, not so much. Yeah. That might be what this person was meaning. I didn't think about that. Um, Another one is to continue to try to win us. Listen for understanding, not just to fix. Lead me spiritually. Uh, This list said, I'm a crock pot, not a microwave. So that would be (laughs) referencing physical relationship. Um, Another list said, tell me you love me every day. Understand and forgive me. Talk to me. Make time for us. Care about my opinion. Uh, I need hugs and affection. And love, not just on a, in a sexual way, but just hugs. Mm-hmm. Um, go, going back to the clear, not clear play. What was it? The TV guardian that would in, insert the word hugs instead of sex uh, and then share responsibilities. And then one that I thought really, I think is appropriate everywhere is that we long to be seen and heard. 
I think every wife longs to be seen and heard. Mm -hmm. So we're each going to give a, um, as many as we can fit into the next whatever amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to toss it to you first and let you go first. Well, some, some of mine were already on that list that you just mentioned, but um, I did want to point out first Peter three, seven husbands live with your wives in an understanding way. So that's why I think this is good to talk Mm -hmm. about. Communication is important and it might be frustrating because you think we've been married all this long. We've talked it out. We've hashed it out. Maybe it's the way we communicate, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's always worthy to keep pursuing. Uh, but my first one is, um, we need you to be the spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was thinking about what that looks like in the home, you know, and of course, part of that is leading your family to worship every week, of course, but there, I think there's so much more that can be done in the home. And a lot of wives are really craving this, Mm -hmm. um, and just longing for this and, um, Bible reading together, you know, and how significant is it when that's the husband's idea, the father's idea in the home, spiritual conversations, you know, bringing up things that really matter, spiritual advice, lots of prayer together, you know, leading prayer together as a family. Um, the discipleship journal ran a quote that said, nothing brings spouses closer together during times of conflict than praying together. So, Mm. um, I just, to me, that was the first one that hit. And because I feel like everything else kind of is going to fall under that umbrella, every other struggle, every trial that comes up in marriage, anything you might go through, any misunderstanding, you know, if, if the roles are where they're supposed to be and the husband's being the spiritual leader in the home, you know, somehow we're going to figure this out together and we're going to get that unity back and the harmony in the home and keep the perspective where it needs to be and the focus on God, where it needs to be. What does that look like? And you said you, you talked about reading scripture and praying, you know, leading prayers, but I, I, think sometimes we don't know what that looks like because, you know, there's so many women who are out of necessity, maybe the spiritual leaders in their home because their husbands Mm -hmm. won't pick that, pick up the baton and do that. But I wonder sometimes how do we prevent that from happening? If we, do you think there's ever a time that we try to take that away from him or um, not, maybe not honoring his leadership I mean, I've just seen that before. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I've seen women and heard women complain about their husbands. You know, he's supposed to be the leader in the home, but he doesn't do anything. Well, maybe he tried (laughs) and you criticized everything he did or the way he did it. Or, you know, after a while, they just give up. But if, if it's a matter of just what does that look like for the husband? I think it's very basic in those very basic things. You know, you can talk to a couple and say, do you pray with your wife? Do you pray with her before you go to work? Do you pray with her before y'all go to pillow your head at night? Do you open the Bible with your wife? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, sometimes they're just so surprised, you know, well, no, not really. You know, and I think it's that basic and that simple and doing that together, listening to what God has to say and talking to God together brings him into every other aspect of your relationship. And I think that's where it starts. And it makes me think of preachers in particular, and there's, I'm sure some preachers wives listening who might think that sure. My husband is a spiritual leader in the church, 
mm-hmm. you know, obviously they're elders that are over the preacher, but does he take time with her? It just made me think when you said, does he open the Bible with her? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think that they assume that the wife is going to do that on, on her own. And we should, we should do that on our own, on our own. But if he's leading prayers for the congregation, if he's leading songs, reading scripture, preaching, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really want John preaching to me. Thanks. Right. <laughs> but, um, but to pray, you know, to pray together, to sit down and not just at the breakfast, lunch, and dinner type prayers, but um, what you said about conflict during conflict. I think there's nothing, like you said, that shuts down conflict more than, than when John will say, you know what, let's just stop for a minute and let's have a prayer together. And that will just really redirect and bring you back to where, what really matters. And, and that, that, that's so true. That's what being a spiritual leader looks like is doing those things voluntarily and and taking the initiative to, to make sure that your wife's spiritual needs are taken care of. And talking about things that, that really matter, you know, what are your goals spiritually together as a couple? And, and I'm not saying that every conversation that you have should be (laughs) spiritual and religious Mm -hmm. and don't ever talk about a TV show or, you know, anything trivial, obviously I'm not saying that, but if the only time you find yourselves together as a couple, having a spiritual conversation happens at worship in a Bible class setting, you know, um, or, you know, an event or maybe with some friends or something like that, then something's missing, something's missing. And it's, it just takes a little bit of intention and forethought into what am I doing to be the spiritual leader of this home and making sure that, um, one of my favorite quotes says, create a home that makes it impossible to not think about God. Mm -hmm. And I think that that role starts with the husband. And it doesn't fall squarely on just his shoulders, but it starts with him. Yeah. There's things that John would be embarrassed for me to say him out loud, but I, I'm going to, because to he is the spiritual leader in our home, always has been. But mm-hmm. some things that I see him doing in the morning when he comes out, um, when he sits down with his cup of coffee and whatever, you know, he immediately launches into work. But n- before he does that, he always bows his head and prays. And it's not something that he does out loud. It's not something that he does um, for me to see. It's just something that I've noticed over the years. I always see him do that. And um, so that's something that I truly respect about him. There was never a question when we had kids at home of what we were going to do when the church met, we were going to be with the church. And he took them on um, visits. He would take them to... uh, mission trips, you know, and I know that Neil did those things too. And, and I'm sure there's things mm-hmm. that you could say that Neil, Neil did in your home that made you know, and, and confident that he was a spiritual leader. And I'll leave that to you to speak to, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just think that there's a lot of different ways that, that men can assert that, but what on the other end, what do you think that men do what's a negative, maybe a negative way of trying to be a spiritual leader. That's not effective. Well, well, obviously, you know, we're both married to ministers Mm -hmm. and Neil is a great spiritual leader, but it would, I would not appreciate it. If he seemed like you said, I don't want him preaching at me Mm -hmm. and, or, you know, think, and just in the same way, he wouldn't want me throwing it at him. You know, if he just preached a lesson on 
say patience or anger and then he loses his temper or acts impatient with me and I go aha you just preached about that you know so obviously aha uh-huh is never a good thing aha uh-huh is never good <laughs> but obviously we're not talking about overbearing or shaming or guilty things like that you know um but I just think that I do appreciate the ways that Neil's a spiritual leader. I was kind of not thinking about going in that direction just because, well, anyway, he does a great job with it. Because you don't want to embarrass him like I did embarrass John. Well, (laughs) Neil is listening. I love you, Neil. Um, But I just think that maybe husbands don't realize what a heart investment that is. And how much that means to your wife you know, that she's, there is nothing greater that you can do, nothing, than show her that her soul is the most important thing to you. Mm-hmm. And the souls of every person in your home is the most important thing to you. And that's just a gift and an investment in your relationship as a couple. And, um, you know, there's nothing that you can do to take that away on the other side of things. When you come to the end of your life as a couple, and you look back, there are going to be so many things that we did imperfectly that we should have done better, you know, but if all along doing the best we can, wherever we are and whatever phase of life we're in, the husband is doing his best to be the spiritual leader in the home. There's a lot of grace and forgiveness that goes along with that. And we can look back and know that we were always trying to keep God first in this journey together. Mm-hmm. A lack of passivity, I think is, yes. um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can't help noticing sometimes when um, someone, when a husband is passive and mm-hmm. his wife maybe has to take the lead or feels like she needs to take the lead and, and, you know, isn't willing to, if, if he's not willing to um, help with matters, you know, getting the kids ready to go to Bible class or not correcting things that the kids do, you know, I'm, I, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to think of examples here, but I've just thought many times before that with someone, a man being passive in this area is really going to do a lot of damage to his family. Yeah. Apathy is another word, you know, if he's mm-hmm. apathetic about that, but he shows great interest and passion for his hobbies or sports or his job, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, but neglects the most important area in the home then, you know, that's, that's out of balance. That's not good. Yeah. And so I would think a wife, how she could encourage her husband to be a spiritual leader. That's kind of tricky because, you know, you, that's not something you, you don't ever want to nag anyway, but that mm-hmm. would be something to pray about. I think more than anything is, is to show by your own behavior. And as, as the Bible says, without a word, sometimes you can win your husband and not mm-hmm. just from, you know, to become a Christian, but to be a spiritual leader. Well, I think if it's a case where it's just never dawned on him, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, how do you feel about leading us in a prayer before you go off to work every morning? Mm-hmm. You know, and then after, after, it might feel awkward, but after he's done that for a few times or a few weeks, you know, and you say that, wow, that has really just changed the whole tone of my day. That means so much to me that you're doing that. Yeah. You know, you, you can encourage, you can make mm-hmm. some loving suggestions if you need to, and then encourage those strides to be the spiritual leader in the yeah. home. Yeah. Encouragement in every area. Okay. Good one. Thanks. Well, mine, uh, my first one, I'll, I'm going to kind of give you my three because they're tied together and explain why 
it was interesting when I was making notes, my, the first one that I wrote down was love and respect. Don't make me choose. I need and want both. And, um, so I was just kind of jotting down some notes, what I wanted to do. My second one is to stay close to me, meaning prefer me, know me, want me, choose me, be mine. And then I, and then my third one was have confidence in my intelligence, my ability to learn, do think things through. So then I was sitting there looking at those three that I had jotted down and I realized, you know, the first one that I wrote, number two was really love and number three really was respect. So uh, (laughs) just kind of encapsulated that way. But my first one, love and respect, don't make me choose because I need and want both. So what I need personally, and, and I feel like this is probably not just an unusual thing for women in general, but we, we need both love and respect. And we've already talked about this a little bit, but as the Bible says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. He goes on to talk about, you know, it's a precious that husbands are to treat their wives as precious like that. And then that wives are to see that they reverence their husbands. I'm probably mixing up several different versions there because I learned it in King James and I've read it in the ESV and and all those others. So, but, um, so what does that look like? What does respect look like for me? It looks like uh, talking to me and being interested in what I think about things and having a conversation about them and um, choosing me to be your sounding board. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about John. Let mm-hmm. me be the one that you bounce things off of. Um, because to me, that indicates both love and respect that you care about what I what I think and what I feel about these things that are concerning you Um, confide in me. That's another one that has to do with both love and respect, because when, when someone confides in you, it indicates that they trust you and that they value what, what you might think about a certain situation. So to me, that's what this looks like is to, to, for him to confide in me, sharing his heart. Uh, That's love and respect. Because I think there's probably a lot of men that are afraid to really open up their heart and share their heart and tell you what they feel like inside and what they're really, truly thinking down deep. So share your heart, ask what I think and truly consider it rather than just blowing me off, you know, and I think I've seen that I've seen husbands do that with their wives, you know, they they'll say, this is what we're going to do and like it or lump it. This is what we're going to do. And that's just not, that doesn't show a love or respect to me. So that's kind of, that's my first one. Don't make me choose because I need both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And really, I feel like that would be a whole episode on its own and everything that falls under those. And, you know, there's a couple of things that you've said about um, sometimes you guys are reversed and yeah. that, and it made me think of Tammy Roberts. Uh, we actually went to, you know, they do the marriage seminars mm-hmm. all over the place. And we went it's to the very, issues. yeah, we went to the very first one that they did. And I will never forget her saying that everything that's, put, you know, it's a generalization, of course, but they say most men are this way. Most women are this way. Most men need this and women need this. She said almost across the board, they are the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he tends to be all those things that they say women want and she tends to be all those things that men want you know so 
and some of these things, it does sound like a generalization and everybody's different and our own marriages are different, but typically across the board with the one you just said, everybody wants both of those things Mm -hmm. and, and desires that. And I'm probably taking this verse out of context, but it makes me think of love covers a multitude of sins because (laughs) if I know that he loves and cherishes and respects me, you know, it makes all of those little things, maybe even just annoyances or frustrations or, you know, little nagging things. When you first brought up this topic, the things that came to my mind were things that don't matter. Right. I was like, well, I wish he knew how much it irritated me when he blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> I was like, that's probably not what she's talking about. But, you know, if when you know that he just cherishes you, um, those other things, they might still be annoying, but they can just be kind of forgotten, you know, and put it aside, gloss it over. Because at the end of the day, I know you love me. Yeah. Confidence in that. So I, you and I have talked about this book before there, well, there's two of them now, but it, Shanti Feldhahn wrote a book called for women only. And I, it's a, well, it looks just like this one. This is for men only that mm-hmm. she and her husband wrote together for men only by Jeff and Shalti Feld, Feldhahn. So I found the other one years ago for women only. And mm-hmm. I read it. It's super easy. You know, it's just a little short book and um, it's easy to read and highlight things. And I've got highlights all over it. I have a love hate relationship with it. And I think you have more of a hate love relationship with it because of the overgeneralizations that you saw in it. And, and I, mm-hmm. I totally agree that they're there. But I, I think that this book is very valuable, this one and the other one, because it, you know, like we're talking about, opens the door to talk about things. Mm -hmm. So if you have this and you read it together, it's like, you can say, okay, is this how you feel? This is what she says in here. Do you feel this way? No, I don't feel that way at all. I feel very differently about that. Um, But I was going through it this morning. This, I just found this one. And talking about uh, how different couples are, one of the things there's, let's see, five chapters. One chapter is on um, reassurance, how women need reassurance. The second was on how women are emotional. Bah. Second, the third chapter is on decoding, how men can decode us. So it is, I mean, it will annoy the fire out of you because like, that is not me. He's saying things that, that does not apply to me, but again, it helps to, to just talk about it and to say, this is what they say, but I don't feel that way. Another chapter is on security, how women need security, but men think it's financial that they need and women need emotional security. Others, another chapter on listening, another chapter on sex and another chapter on beauty. So um, I went through here and circled a few things that I wanted to bring out. So they, he has this chart in here. Oh, actually he has this quick start guide here. Look at this. You open here. And when she says this, this is what it means. You know, it's just different little, uh, how to decode things and how to read our emotions. And it can be a little bit insulting, but if you're honest with yourself, there's a lot of truth to some of these things. Yeah. Um, but I was looking through it and thinking, well, that's John. That's not me. That's John. When like, if there's conflict, um, this is what he says about men, 
with withdrawal. When we're faced with conflict, men tend to retreat into silence to escape unwanted feelings. Often we can't fully articulate something yet, or we want to avoid saying something hurtful. Unfortunately, seeing her man withdraw or become moody usually generates more unwanted feelings for a woman. Several women described what crossed their by this way. What happens if he doesn't snap out of it this time? That is completely opposite me and John. I'm mm-hmm. the one that retreats into silence and he's the mm-hmm. one that, uh, you know, is wondering what, why am I thinking the way that I'm thinking? So, but that's something that I can share with him and say, you know, let's talk about this a little bit. Here's another one that he says, if she's upset, realize that she doesn't need space. She needs a hug. I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> realize if I need space, I need space, please. Exactly. And, um, Uh, There were several different things that I thought were just really interesting. And so I, I recommend this book, even though you have to read it with both books, read it with, you know, your close your mouth and think about it before you say it. And then you share whatever you Mm -hmm. think is really dumb. And I'll probably bring, oh, here's another one. Uh, He's talking about. Uh, the reason hiding in her unreasonable reaction. So it's talking about why we we're getting really off this topic here with um, love and respect. Sorry, but that's okay. The reason hiding in her unreasonable reaction. So he says, well, why don't they just tell us? Meaning why don't women just tell us what's wrong? Well, I think it's because we don't know sometimes, but here's one thing that um, John says all the time. And he knows that I don't like this. He'll just say, are you okay? And this has to do with love and respect because I don't love it when he says that. And I feel like he's not respecting me sometimes because to me, that's a simple way of saying, is there something wrong? What, what have I done or what's going on with you when he just says, are you okay? And it, for the dumbest reason, it drives me crazy because I, I guess I want him to dig a little bit further rather than just saying, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Does that make me stupid and crazy? No, I feel the exact same way. I think it's because most of the time I'm assuming he already knows what's going on. He just yeah. doesn't want to say it. He wants me to be the one to say it. And that drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they talk about the reason hiding in her unreasonable reaction. There's another possible reason. It's not about you. It's about her circumstances. So there's things going on that kind of speaks to being known. Possible reason for it's not about you. It's hormones. (laughs) And, you know, that's another thing that we don't really want to talk about, but it's an honest truth. It happens. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to draw that back to a close because I'm, I'm drifting off into not making sense here, but love and respect. Don't make me choose. I need and want both. That's my number one. Yeah, that's good. I'm only going to give one more. Okay. Um, the, okay. I'm going to do, we want you to really listen. Okay. And you've already mentioned that in a couple of the lists that you shared, but, um, and I feel like we've talked about this on here before, but yeah, I think both of our husbands are very similar and Neil's immediate reaction, especially if it's a scenario that I'm sharing with him where something happened that wasn't really very kind or nice you know, and I'm just like unloading on him. And all I want is for him to say, Oh, poor baby. (laughs) I don't know how you put up with, you know, well, he just wants to take care of it. And this needs to be fixed. This needs to be, you know, Mm -hmm. or in some small scenario, well, why don't you just blah, 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 you know, and 
and uh, sometimes I just, I just, I'm not asking for advice. Yeah. I'm not asking. I'm really just talking. I'm really just sharing this with you. And I, all I want is for you to listen. So that's part of it. And the other part of it is I want you to really listen, like mm-hmm. lock in <laughs> eyes on me, no distractions, mm-hmm. no glancing at your phone. No, I can see you already thinking about something else or thinking about what you're going to say next. Just give me your undivided attention. So that, that, and that could be, again, that could be a more of a personality thing instead of what wives wish their husbands knew. I don't know if this is a female, a wives thing, or if it's a me thing. You know, some of these things that I came up with, I thought that's probably just a me thing. Not necessarily a wives thing. Person thing. People in general want to be heard. Yeah. So um, one thing that I read about men and women was that men are task oriented and women are relationship oriented. And so men want to jump in and fix things. Well, what are we going to do about this? And women are like, no, this, this hurt. Yeah. Um, This is not, you know, and now I've got this rift in this relationship or this, you know, we're focused on the relationship aspect of things. And um, so, <laughs> and like you said, these are things that we have talked about with our husbands before. And Neil is just, he's, he will listen, but he is one of those typical, he just wants to jump in there and fix it for me. And sometimes I love you, Neil. Sometimes he will like interrupt me here. Let me blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or did you say blah, 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 you know, and I just kind of stop and look at him and go, all your questions will be answered if you will hear me out. <laughs> just let me finish my conversation. Or, oh, did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? <laughs> my little sarcastic I, side coming out. I do know most of the time it's just because he's like, we can fix this. Yeah. And let me fix this because that's what I'm here for. And sometimes I just have to remind him, no, no, I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me. Care. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and sometimes it is just distractions and, you know, things like that. I'm sure every couple struggles with the distractions and things like that. But that's, that was, that's a big one for me is I just want you to really listen. Yeah. I know sometimes timing, John has told me this before, timing has everything to do with this subject because you know, you can't Sunday afternoon, if you get to turn on the Super Bowl or if he gets to turn on the Super Bowl before worship, walking in and saying, John, I really need to talk to you about something. Nowadays, when you have whatever, you know, you can pause it. But back in the day when you couldn't pause TV, you know, that's not the best time maybe, or maybe they have had a bad day at work, whatever. Timing is a big Mm -hmm. deal. But I was reading something about about this, um, a story about an engineer and his wife. And engineers, I know it's another overgeneralization, but they tend to think very analytically and, you know, they're fix it and solving problems and things like that. And um, his wife had told him about something that she was struggling with. And, and he was on a plane and he was rethinking, rereading some things that she had written. And reading through, um, it must've been an email that she wrote him about her problems. And, 
And so he was just trying to think it through. And so on the airplane, he wrote her back and he said, am I, this is how I feel about this situation and what you've said here and what you said here and what you said here. Is this what you mean? Is this how you feel? And I'm, I'm not telling this story very good, but he, he basically was reading, you know, telling her back what she said to him. And I was getting tears in my eyes because at the end, she wrote him back and said, I can hardly see through my tears because she felt heard. You know, he wasn't trying to do his usual solve the problem kind of thing, but he was repeating back to her basically how she felt and, and showing her that, that he understood what it was that she said. And that's something, uh, you know, counseling techniques that John uses when he's trying to teach uh, communication is that when someone, when your spouse tells you something, you repeat it back for understanding, you know, repeating it back for understanding. Sometimes this, this is really petty of me. It really is because sometimes he'll do that to me and I'll, I'll feel like he's, I'll tell him you're shrinking me. In other words, you know, the, the psychology of it. Right. But that really is very petty because he's just trying to help the situation. And I just, mm -hmm. I guess I feel like sometimes I'm just being stupid. That's really what it is. But, um, but yeah, just understanding, listening, understanding, repeating for clarification or clarity is something mm -hmm. I think that guys can do when just indicate that they've heard you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> regrets. <laughs> we all have them. Except for oh. the guy that tattooed on his arm, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> Neil and I say that all the time. No regrets. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. So listen, that's that's your second one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mine, I'll combine mine too. But I think I talked more about respect in that last one. So stay close to me is my second one. And maybe sounds like a weird way of putting it, but um, I think choose me, you know, prefer me, you know, just, I, there's something about knowing, having that mental, emotional, spiritual, all of the components of knowing that he belongs to me. Of course he belongs to God, but he's mine. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me very um, thankful and very uh, protective of that relationship, I think. Mm -hmm. And I want that back from him. And I get it. And this, uh, you know, I, this is not something that we have a problem with. It's just me expressing how important this is to me. If there's a choice between me and him going and doing something with someone else, I know he'll choose me every time. But that's because we have developed a, a close relationship over the years. But just knowing that I think for a woman to know that her husband knows how she ticks um, when there's a struggle, you know, a, a, some kind of sad thing going on. And he knows that what you need is not a, you know, a big hug because that's going to make you cry, but maybe just a quick squeeze of your finger or something like that. But just the fact that he knows, knows that about you indicates that he's close to you and you have that emotional and that, that connection of closeness. Um, but that, you know, it takes time over the years to, to know things about, about your spouse. And so I don't know, I hope, hope that makes sense, but I think that that's a, an intentional choice that 
we each have to make. And I think that it's maybe harder for men, especially when there are work relationships or um, maybe this is a way spiritually when we are on the same, I don't want to say the same level because that doesn't sound right. But if we each have that Bible knowledge that we can sit and talk about, I was just talking about this with Julie Petrillo this morning, that when you're, when you're on the same page, biblically, spiritually, you can have those spiritual conversations that, that um, help you to stay close. It just, it, it enhances your relationship in every way. So does that make sense? It does. It does. I wouldn't I expect just... you to say, no, that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> I was just thinking there, you were talking about the whole, he knows me, he knows when I need a hug versus when I need a finger squeeze and, and all this. And sometimes when it doesn't work out that way, um, those things that are small like that, you know, that when it happens, it goes straight to your heart because it's, it shows that he knows you, he's close to you, he's paying mm-hmm. attention. And when it doesn't happen that way, you can kind of turn that into something bigger than it is. Yeah. You know, it's big when it does happen because it means something, but we got to be careful about not making it big when it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm probably not worried that resilience. well, but yeah, I'm well. thinking about, I can't believe after 30 years of being together, he doesn't know me better than this right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and, oh, our marriage is doomed because he doesn't even know that I really just didn't need that big hug right now. It's going to make me cry. You know, I'm just, I think that we can kind of take those things that are so good and meaningful and special to us. And when it doesn't happen, because it's not always going to happen, just like, I'm not always going to respond in a way that Neil was hoping for. I'm not always going to get it right. Um, I don't need to, to latch onto that and say, see, I knew we were having problems. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I struggle with that, you know, and I wish he would know by now that I fill in the blank or, yeah. um, the whole choose me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can I take that and run with it and come across as needy, you know, and clingy and, and in my mind, I'm going, I wanted that to be your choice. I didn't want to have to say something to you. Yeah. I wanted you to choose me without me ever bringing it up because I feel resentful that I was put in the position of sounding needy, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, and that can, so it can become this kind of, but it doesn't mean anything unless it was completely your idea. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how fair that is. You know, I don't know how reasonable that is. So I think there's some balance to all of this and ideally, and in my mind, he would always know me. He would always have it figured out and be able to read my mind when I'm not saying what I'm supposed to be saying, or I'm saying one thing and I'm meaning something else, you yeah. know, and, and some of that's not fair. That's such a great point. I hadn't really thought about that, that, that I know we've mentioned it here before, but that saying that expectations are just premeditated resentments. And the mm-hmm. more you think that over the truer it is because they can't read our mind. I think Mm -hmm. they can do a pretty good job. I mean, John can read my mind when I'm not happy with him, but Mm -hmm. he can't read my mind about why sometimes. Well, I think Um, the longer that a couple's together and they keep working together on this, more and more of those moments will happen mm -hmm. because you've been both putting in the effort to learn each other, but it's not always going to happen even after all those years and a good marriage, because we're two different people and men are different than women. And we're both imperfect. And sometimes we're just not going to get it right. And I think about couples that I've mentioned on here before, like Roger and Joyce Johnson or the Sharbines in Texas, you know, all these people that 
I hold up as marriage goals. You know, they love each other. They still flirt. They, they're close. They do life together. You know, for whatever reason that I admire them, I know for a fact that they still have off days, mm-hmm. that they don't read each other completely accurately or respond. You know, I know for a fact that still happens. But like I said, the more we're together and we keep trying and we keep listening and we keep extending patience and we just don't give up, you know, tomorrow's a new day. We'll do better tomorrow. (laughs) Then I think we'll have more, we'll see more of those things are aligning just right. You know, you get me, you get me. like me you really like me you really like me well this is what I was trying to communicate I think a couple weeks ago when I said that that getting mad is a temptation and and I I feel that all the time I mean I that as they say I feel seen I it's a temptation sometimes when he doesn't do what I wanted him to do trying to think of something earlier this week (laughs) so dumb I wanted the window seat on the plane we were on a flight the flight back it was, it was like, there was a hundred empty seats and that never happened. So we had a row to ourselves and he got the window seat on the way over. He likes that better because people don't bump his shoulders. And I don't, I like the aisle most of the time because, um, I just, it's less claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. But, so anyway, he, I, I kind of indicated to him that I wanted the, the window seat, but he really wanted it. And so he ended up sitting there and I didn't object. I didn't say, but I, you know, but I kind of got a little miffed about it. Not miffed. I was just a little, ugh. so I'm going to get the ones that big people are bumping me on the way down the aisle. It was so, so dumb. We were tired, you know, but mm-hmm. I sat there. Flight. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get in until, I don't, anyway, 1150. But I was thinking, I'm being so ridiculous. I'm being so ridiculous. I'm going to choose not to let this ridiculous thing make me mad because it was so dumb. And, and I had to kind of talk myself out of it, not patting myself on the back here because it was, I was being dumb, but things like that. It's just a temptation sometimes to let your mind go down that path and, and to be upset that he didn't do exactly what I wanted him to do and didn't read Mm -hmm. my mind. So you're right. Don't, um, don't let those things, if, if he doesn't choose us always, you know, there's probably a reason Mm -hmm. like he felt like he needed to do that. You know, I'm not saying it's the right reason, but um, we just give grace. We always come back to that, don't we? Just to well, give grace. I think that's why the topic is worded the way it is. Things wives wish their wish. husbands knew. Yeah. You know, they probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, that doesn't make them a bad husband. It doesn't make yeah, us I, right necessarily always. And it know. doesn't make us right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, He's probably not always going to listen. He's probably not always going to choose me first, you know, intent, you know, and in, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but it, that doesn't, thank you. That doesn't make him a bad husband. Now, right. would I be much happier if he went and interrupts me with his solution? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would Carla, but just because he does, and that might aggravate me, it doesn't make him a bad husband at all. It just yeah. makes him different than me. And well, I think it's this, important to acknowledge that. <laughs> maybe this episode should be entitled The Oddities of Me and Why My Husband Should Read My Mind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Okay. Uh, What's your honorable mention? Well, <laughs> so I thought that 
it's harder for women to lose weight. <laughs> so when men lose weight quickly without trying, if both are trying to lose weight at the same time, and wives are trying and trying and trying and nothing happens, then don't be surprised when we get mad at you. That was my point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm when you have alone. when you have seconds <laughs> and lots of dessert and you lose two pounds, and I suffer and starve and gain two pounds. Don't be surprised if I like it's hate your all guts muscle that day. That's it's yeah. all muscle. <laughs> That's my honor. Or water or something. <laughs> Okay, he was like, can we just you. throw the scales away? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my honorable mention is not quite the same, but <laughs> good. I'm trying to decide if I want to go here or not. Let's see how much time do we have left? Very little. Okay. My honorable mention is that I think that most wives wish that husbands knew and understood that the physical relationship talking about sex is about emotion rather than the physicality of it. And I think that's a big thing. You know, if men don't understand why we're on such a, we have such a disconnect here. Sometimes we in the big general sense, not we mm -hmm. John and me necessarily, because that's too personal to talk about. And I really, mm -hmm. I really do. I'm saying that for, for real, but I think women in general just want men to understand. I feel so dumb saying this after you're just talking about losing weight, but one of the examples that I read said that women are crock pots and men are instant pots. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are going on in a woman's mind throughout the day. And as they say, we're overgeneralizing again, I am. How many tabs do you have open in your brain mm -hmm. and the pop-ups that come up and how do we you know, have to go through and click them all off? And some of them keep popping back up when we click them off. But I, I just think that I think a lot of women, I think that I think that a lot of women want men to know <laughs> that it's, there's much more of an emotional side aspect to the sexual relationship than the physical side. And there's things everywhere written about this. He talks about this in, in the book that I referenced earlier for men only and for women only. Um, but it's an all day thing, you know, it's a, it's, it's how you're treated during the day and it's, how you are valued and cherished and loved rather than um, just the act itself. And I think, I think most Christian men understand that, but they, or they, they understand it on a level that, um, but maybe don't quite get what that looks like. And so I don't know, that's kind of, that's probably a topic. Maybe sometime we can be brave enough to address, but not today. Yeah, that'd be good. When Neil and I went through premarital counseling, um, one of the resources was a book called Sex Begins in the Kitchen. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about how the whole premise of the book was first thing in the morning when you're in there helping straighten up from breakfast, you know, it's those little things throughout the day, the little moments where he makes you laugh or sends you a text mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it might be. It's that's when it started first thing in the morning. It was it didn't happen when you walked in the bedroom that night it started first thing in the morning and all those little things along the day were leading up to a great moment in the bedroom. Right. Um, there's lots of information in this book about that, that, you know, that some of the main headings are um, it, 
well, I'm just not going to go there. (laughs) One of them is she has a lower sex drive than you. And she'd change that fact if she could. And I think that a lot of women might say that, but anyway, we'll let's table that until maybe we Mm -hmm. can have a discussion about it when we take our courage pills and we have a we have a whole column of those kind of topics, don't we? We do. <laughs> Kick that down the can down the road for one another of these time. days when we get up the nerve. We'll talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I hope that that made sense, and maybe if nothing else, it will spark some discussion or maybe some thought between those of you who are married and with your husbands or your your friends. You know, you can talk about it and let us know. We are interested in knowing what y'all think about these these subjects, but. So do you have my favorite thing to do? Will it illustrate? Yes, Will I it do. illustrate? Yes. Am I going okay. first? Or you, you made me go first last week. So you have to go first this time. What does that mean that you're saying the thing? I'm saying it and you're going okay. to illustrate it. All right. I'm ready. Which one of these am I going to use? Hmm. Okay. Did you know? Kathy, that wearing a tie can reduce blood flow to the brain by seven and a half percent. There was a study, there was a study in 2018 that found that wearing a necktie can reduce the blood flow to your brain by up to 7.5%, which can make you feel dizzy, nauseous, and cause headaches. They can also increase the pressure in your eyes if they're on too tight and are great at carrying germs. Ties are? (laughs) Ties, yeah. Neckties. Very interesting. (laughs) That's a hard one. I I was fresh for time this morning. (laughs) You gave me a hard one. Um, So the moral of the story is don't wear ties to church. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Open that can of worms. Um, Listen. I think this is more of a stump the podcaster. This is, this just means that just because. Yeah, nothing. Society expects you to do certain things. Doesn't mean it's necessarily good for you. I got nothing. So that one does not illustrate. You know what's going to happen? Neil is going to send me one. Oh, yeah. He did this last week. He or listened. five. Yeah. And he sent one, which was really great. Better than the one that I came up with. And I said to him, of course, you'd be good at it. Here's <laughs> like, the dilemma. Like, like this is your job. <laughs> if we're supposed to find a moral to the story and then we're laughing at the moral, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused by that. Okay. Here's yours. This is from the news. Oh, boy. I read this in the news yesterday. Um, a 60-year-old New Hampshire woman fell into a dumpster at her housing complex on trash collection day. She was tra- taking out her trash and she fell into the dumpster. She was picked up by the local garbage truck, the whole dumpster with her in it, where fire officials say she was compacted up to four times before the driver even noticed that she was inside. What in the world? Yeah. She was rushed to the hospital in serious condition, but expected to survive. Okay, the moral of the story is um, you, there's places that you really shouldn't go. And if you hang out with trash, you're going to end up like trash. <laughs> I don't it. know. 
<laughs> how in it. the world did that happen? Like, how did she not make any noise? Did she not like knock on the trash can and say, help me? I, I guess not. The, all the articles said that when they showed up to try, like bystanders, when the fire firemen showed up to try and get her out of there after she'd been compacted four times, she was screaming. And that somebody like, in their car watching the whole thing told their children, we're going to watch now. But when they actually pull her out, we're driving away. <laughs> in the world but like when she went in she must have been dumpster diving it said that she was throwing out her trash and somehow fell into the dumpster she was so i'm assuming she was dumpster diving i'm assuming that she was higher up like maybe in a complex or something and she was leaning out to throw her trash away into the dumpster and, and fell over into the dumpster that's what i was picturing in my mind and then she didn't say Help but me. why, yeah, I was going to say why she wouldn't have called out when the truck actually started lifting her up unless she knocked herself out or something. Like maybe she hit her head. I don't There's know. a lot of suspicious stuff in that. <laughs> we <laughs> need to was, get to the bottom of that. She was on something. That was an important detail that was left out. Uh-huh. Probably she so. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Don't hang out with trash. So, okay. I like it. All right. I have something good for you. Okay. Um, do you like pot stickers? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, I especially like to keep frozen pot stickers on hand for those times when Neil and I aren't eating together or he's out of town or whatever. But he found me some organic pot stickers. Um, the brand is, I don't know how to pronounce it. It looks like Bibigo. Yeah. B-I- oh, you've seen it? At Costco or Sands? Yeah. B-I-B-I-G-O. I looked it up. It looks like uh, Kroger and places like that carry it too in the mm-hmm. frozen section, but he brought me a great big old bag. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's in the frozen food section. I just feel a lot better about eating it just because it's organic and it's, they have different kinds, but he got me chicken and vegetable and they are so good. Yeah. They're How so do you good. Fix I them? just, well, I don't really follow the directions on there because I think their directions say, you know, you line up in your skillet with a little bit of water and put the lid on it and it kind of steams them, but I like them to be sort of crisp on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I put a little olive oil in the pan, brown them first, then put a little bit of water and the lid. And then I take the lid off. So all the water evaporates and that kind of leaves them crispy, but tender on the inside. But anyway, I'll share a picture of it and. If it, yeah. anybody wants to try them, actually, when I did Weight Watchers, those were very low in points, and really? you know, I could have like six or seven of them and dip them in. What did I use? Um, oh, a little balsamic vinegar, mm-hmm. just a little tiny yeah. touch of balsamic. See, vinegar that's my problem really is I eat like ten or twelve mm-hmm. of them. Well, but I mean, even that would not be all. I was thinking that six or seven was like two or three points, something like that. This was back several years ago, but. And what makes them even better is if you got bacon grease, but that kind of defeats oh, the whole purpose yeah. to brown them in a little, just a little yeah. touch of that. Those are, mm. those are really good. Probably good in soups too, but I never tried that. No, oh, I hadn't tried that either. That, mm-hmm. that would be a good idea. Yeah. Hmm. Well, my something good for you is, um, is a navigation system called Waze, which oh, I know yeah. you know about, but mm-hmm. maybe not everyone knows about it. We, I think most people use either Apple maps or Google maps, but mm-hmm. Waze, which was developed in Israel but it, I think it was bought out by Google or Apple or somebody. But anyway, Waze is one of those navigation systems. It saved us twice last weekend on the way to the airport. It was Thursday afternoon, so traffic. 
and it took us around different ways. <laughs> I can hear your doorbell yes. and Ollie. Anyway, ways will take you around traffic, not just give you the most direct route, but it will take you maybe a back way to get around traffic and avoid traffic. Anyway, good discussion. You've well, got Neil always switches to that when we're going to the airport because Nashville, uh, Nashville traffic is so gnarly. Oops. I said Ooh. gnarly. <laughs> is that bad? That must be one of those outdated oh. words. In fact, some Whatever. girls at church said, you have got to stop using the word gnarly. <laughs> I said oh, no. Gnarly. Anyway, gnarly. he always switches to ways because mm -hmm. it'll tell you real time, you know, um, <laughs> Oh, wow. I was just looking forward. I think that is Yeah. Yes. Well, we are a little past time. Okay. So okay. good discussion. Good Thank you all you. for listening. Love you all. We were. We will look forward to some discussion next week and talking about um, what wives wish their husbands knew about them. So yeah. let us know what you guys think. Yeah. Right. Love, Love you yes. lots. Until Bye. next time. Keep looking up. <laughs> Bye.